Hello, welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast for the week of July 14th, 2014. This is episode 14, and I'm Chris 14, President 14. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Episode 237, and I am Chris Bevelo, President of Interval. We're the healthcare marketing firm that puts on the podcast. With me today are Jackie Olson, Account Manager with Interval, and Adam Meyer, Principal at Interval. How are you doing, guys? Good. Pretty good. I've got my voice Ooh. back, which is nice. You don't need that. No. <laughs> my voice is still scraggly. Really? I don't know what that is. Allergies, Cold? maybe? It's bad allergies. I'm like a season. 78-year-old man who smoked his whole life. I'm always <laughs> like, ah. <laughs> <A> leathery skin. <laughs> Wait, that's not true? Anyways? <laughs> nice. 78 or that's great. <laughs> chronic smoker? Okay, uh, let's see here. Oh, you know, I do want to bring up one other thing. <clears throat> First, let's start with updates. I was just looking at our agenda, sorry. Thinking out loud is not a smart idea on a podcast. <laughs> um, next week, uh, I think next week, if this airs, yep. what about? do the math, carry the two. Yes, <laughs> next week I'll be in Orlando speaking at the Florida Hospital Association Communication Conference on Joe Public Does Not Care. That's on July 24th. And then a couple weeks later, I'll be in Austin, Texas, speaking at the Texas Hospital Association Communications Conference on Digital Marketing. That's August 8th. <coughs> Whipper Miss, which is coming up super fast, uh, uh, September. I don't, mm-hmm. We don't have dates here, but it's in September. I know the dates. I just can't remember off the top of my head. Doing a digital marketing makeover with Chris Boyer. Uh, October is a trip to New York to speak at the Haney's conference on content marketing. I'm not speaking at Shushmit, which I have to say is going to be enjoyable. Yeah. I love speaking, but, uh, it is a, a ch- I don't chore is not the right word. Well, buzzkill. Well, it, it consumes no, you. Well, it consumes you. I mean, it, 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 that's, it's your focus. It's what you're thinking about. You, right. It's hard to enjoy right. other things like you maybe could otherwise when you're, just so consumed by that, by by that, your mind is yeah. there until it's over. Yeah. yeah, it used to be way back in the day when I first started speaking. Way worse. Like if I was at a, like a shushmit and I was speaking on the last day, mm-hmm. it would destroy the rest of the conference. <laughs> but that was years ago. Now I don't. I don't even give it a second thought. But it still yeah. is kind of like it's something you have to do. Mm-hmm. And then once it's done, you kind of relax. So to be able to go to a Shushman conference for the first time in years and just relax. Relax the whole time. You know, network, meet people, check out the, the seminars, Exhibit. do our podcast. Mm-hmm. That'll be fun. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, also, we have in September coming out the new book, Joe Public 2, Embracing the New Paradigm. Check it out at thinkinterval.com slash jp2. Uh, you can sign up there to be notified when it's actually for sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, we expect that to be sometime in the early or mid part of September. We're not sure yet, but uh, we're getting ready to go to print. It's very happening. Soon. It's happening. It's real. It's all happening. <laughs> okay. Uh, before we get into our, I guess we have two topics for today. A little bit of feedback, uh, and I think it's good to share this. I won't. I won't actually pick on the person who gave the feedback. It's not. It's negative feedback. Um, But it's something we struggle with quite a bit with the show. So if you've been listening for a while, you you may hear us talk about the timing of the show, how often, not how often it hits, I shouldn't say that, how long they go, Mm -hmm. how long the episodes go. And if you've been listening to us for a while, you know that we can 
go on and on and on and on and on about we can things. Rant. Um, and so we got some feedback from someone who's been listening for a while uh, because recently we did a show where we really had a really tight time frame. Mm-hmm. And we were very explicit about that. And we said, we got 20 minutes. We're going to get in. We're going to get out. And we did. We hit the subjects we needed to hit. And then we, we took off. And so there wasn't a lot of our witty banter. There wasn't a lot of <laughs> Game of Thrones. There wasn't any of that. No. Uh, and so this person actually emailed in and said, hey, it was about something else, and then said, hey, caught your last episode. I really enjoyed it because I was able to get the information quickly. I was able to get in and out. Um, I like that format better, mm-hmm. uh, which is appreciated. We always want feedback from people. The trick is we also get feedback from people who like the longer format. I think a lot of uh, – we've talked about this when we did the podcast on podcasts – Mm-hmm. I think the reason why we actually have people following us is a combination of marketing, healthcare marketing expertise and thought, and us. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if you follow a podcast, if you're a podcast listener, you have to enjoy the people doing the podcast no matter what the topic is, or you're not going to stick around. Right. right. Um, that doesn't mean we couldn't cut back on the bloviating and the opinionating and the <laughs> and the fun stuff we do, <laughs> but... You know, I think there's as many people or maybe more who enjoy that mm-hmm. as much as well, I want just I just want the healthcare marketing content to get in and get out. And I know for myself, when I listen to podcasts, uh, you know, I look forward to it. I I, I listen to podcasts usually when I mow my lawn, mm-hmm. when I'm traveling or when I'm commuting. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when I don't when I can't do anything else, uh auto audio wise, and I don't want them to end. You know, I don't have like a, well, I, my commute's 30 minutes, so I hope it's done in 30 minutes. Right. To me, it's just, I mean, I have so many podcasts I listen to. It's just almost a constant stream, no right. matter which one. Mm-hmm. And if I like it, I don't want it to end. So I don't know. What Adam, you, what do you think? Yeah, you know, I think it's it's worth exploring and considering what we could do in that space. Um you know, I hesitate to, hesitate to say let's let's split it off into two shows, the, you know, the rapid fire show and then the longer show. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but, but, you know, there's, there's something to be said for it. We can consider it, but I'm like you, Chris, you know, I'm, I like a long show. Um, I can see where people would appreciate a shorter show, especially if you've yeah. got like a very designated, uh, time frame in which you listen to podcasts. Maybe you have a commute that's you know, 25 minutes and having a 20 minute podcast to listen to during that is perfect. Cause you can hear the whole thing. You don't miss anything. Um, and it just really kind of fits your, fits your uh, your life, your lifestyle, your, or your, uh, you know, your, your routine perfectly. Um, but I'm, I'm the same as you. I like, I don't, I don't mind pulling in to work and having a half hour of a show left. Cause I can flip it back on when I hop back in the car to go home. Um, and I can let that roll into another one. That's also like an hour long and I'll listen to as much of it as I can and hopefully catch the rest of it next time I have, you know, some time to have podcasts playing in the background. So yeah, it really, I can I can see the value of it, but it's it's yeah you just got to figure out like what you know what's uh, what's right for the show and what people want and maybe we can mm-hmm. maybe we can satisfy everyone who knows. And well, and I think I might I don't actually listen to podcasts like you guys do, but I think I would appreciate shorter podcasts. So I think it is just a preference. I'm the same with TV shows, though. I mean, sometimes when they have special editions of TV shows, I'm watching that go an hour and a half. I just balk at that. You know, oh, see, so I love it. That's the, the difference. Like yeah. I love Game of Thrones going ten minutes over on the finale. See, I love I, it because it's more of the stuff I like. And for me, it's kind of like when I sit down to watch that show, then it's mo- that much more of a commitment. I feel like so. I think it is just a personality thing. And, yeah. And it's and, interesting. Yep. 
It's interesting too. Yeah. I think we're moving as we move into an era of on-demand programming versus scheduled programming. Not that I think we're moving away entirely from scheduled programming anytime soon. That those really precise, specific allotments of time are be- are starting to make less and less sense. Um, it's just they're becoming less and less necessary. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's critical when you've got scheduling and you've got advertising to get in at certain intervals and you've got uh, you know another show that comes on at this point and you, you've got 24 hours in the day and they're all they're all filled they're all booked um, but as we move into this era of um, I'll watch what I want to watch when I want to watch it and advertisers have to figure out how to work around that and um, without annoying me and still delivering their message effectively I mean it's, it's just less it's becoming less and less about um, things needing to be a half hour long, things needing to be yeah. an hour long, or well, not that, you know, 20 minutes or whatever. So there's 10 minutes of advertising or whatever it is. Um, so even like Game of Thrones, it's kind of like, you know, they shouldn't, I mean, they should probably shoot shoot for an hour for that consistency, but it doesn't matter if you go, if you go 15 minutes over because there's some important plot line stuff to get in or character development to get in, just do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're just, I just don't think we're, you know, we're so, we're beyond, we're getting beyond that, that mm-hmm. the, the era in which it you know, specified time lengths are really, you know, what they, what they need to be because they, they don't need to be anything anymore. Yeah, One of the channels true. that gets a lot of credit for that is FX with some of their shows. Like they give a lot of freedom to the showrunners, the producers, mm-hmm. uh, and like Louie, which is one of my favorite shows. It, sometimes his shows are half hour. Sometimes they're 45 minutes. Sometimes they're an hour. Uh, he does five part, you know, arcs. He does an arc where he'll do the first two parts and he'll throw in some other shows that have nothing to do with it. Then he'll come back around. I mean, oh, he just plays with it. Mm-hmm. And in that scenario, I love it. I mean, I, to me, it's variety. It's not, you know, I don't get miffed if it goes 40 minutes. But um, the trick with, with this in podcasting is I don't know that you can please everybody because one yeah. person's 20-minute commute is another person's 45-minute commute. Yeah. and. To them, uh, that would be me, you know, oh, this podcast ended halfway through my commute. Now what? You know, now I have to find another podcast that's the exact same length. If my goal is this has to be done by the end of my commute. Right. So I think it's, I think we just do what we do. And yeah, I agree with that. We continue to think about it. And uh, yeah. mm-hmm. maybe we have like episodes that are like serious. We're making our serious face and we're only going <laughs> to talk about healthcare marketing for 20 minutes. And that's it. Um, so we'll we'll see, but I, we always want the feedback. How many because, how many hours of podcast can you get in when you're mowing your sprawling eight acre, eight acre ranch? Yeah, right. <laughs> I usually only get. I mean, my now it's it only takes me like a half hour to mow. Yeah, I think I'm about wow. a half hour on my lawn as well, maybe a little more. But I don't. Again, we're we're belaboring this, but I don't ever get into a podcast to complete it. Right. So if I stop in the middle, I don't care. I'll just pick it up the next time I listen. Right. Um, if it's something really compelling, I'll sit in the car and finish that segment, or I'll keep my headphones on while I take off my shoes and go in and get a drink of water. Mm-hmm. But you know, yeah, I just I guess I give up on trying to make that work. If you drive yourself crazy, yeah, oh, trying yeah. to always slot things into the time given. I mean, yep. And I think we're. I mean, for most of the shows I listen to, we're definitely shorter than than they are. I'd say an hour is probably a, yeah. about the minimum mm-hmm. for I would most, agree. most of the shows that I listen to. And some yeah. are some will go way longer than that. Now some many will, of some you will may go be, up to like three hours damn near. Many of you may be thinking wow. this is one of those shows that could stretch for a while, <laughs> given how we've started <laughs> off. But don't fear, we do have actually a time limit today. So we will be we'll be hitting about roughly a half hour. Uh, maybe we could try that, though it would never work. 
to give people like <laughs> this episode is going to be a half right. hour. Time frames at the beginning. Yeah. We don't want to stop the flow if it's beautiful and righteous. That's fair. <laughs> okay. Which it rarely is. <laughs> so uh, two topics. Uh, the first is we uh, published an article last week. Uh, it's actually an excerpt from the book that's coming up. And it's about digital marketing mastery. So how do you get to a place where you really are owning digital marketing? And it's an interesting concept uh, that I don't hear people talking about much. Uh, And maybe it's more esoteric and conceptual in nature, but I still think it's worthwhile to think about. And the the name of the, the, the title of the article is Digital Marketing, The Snake That Eats Its Tail. And the point of the content is... uh, we often run into clients or hear about organizations that are trying to, you know, get a better grip on digital marketing. And they, this kind of popped up for us when we kept getting these requests for digital strategies. And usually what that would entail is somebody saying, we need to make sure that all of our digital marketing is integrated, is effective, is leveraging, you know, all the different cross functions that can happen. So our website and our social media and our, mobile apps and our, you know, search SEO and all the things that are involved. Usually there's a bulleted list of about eight or nine things um, mm-hmm. that everybody could probably list. And, you know, right away, as soon as we started getting those, and we've talked about this for years, there's a disconnect with that approach because you don't ever want to approach digital marketing in isolation from the rest of your marketing. Uh, it's one thing to make sure that your social media post is linked to uh, a web page that connects people to your online HRA, and that's all integrated and strategic and smart. Uh, but how does that link to a, or, or connect with, I should say is a better word, your uh, community event on heart health? How does that connect with uh, typical or traditional advertising you might have out or printed material you have or whatever? Mm-hmm. Uh, you really shouldn't be thinking about digital marketing in isolation. But because it's something that's so big and so new in many regards, relatively speaking, it's okay to, to, to start there. The question is, and the key is, you just don't want to continue to go that path because what you're going to do is build another silo in the marketing department. <clears throat> so we already have, in some cases, marketing is distinct from communications, is distinct from planning, is distinct from you know physician relations, is distinct from community relations. Uh, and, and they're and they're literal silos within what I would consider the marketing communications um, function. And now we have digital silos growing up. And so the point of this article is, you know, we may have to take these steps to understand and leverage digital marketing now while it's kind of nascent. Uh, but our ultimate goal is to not think about digital marketing distinctly from other marketing. Our ultimate goal is that we, you know, once you master digital marketing, the need to think about it as quote unquote digital marketing will go away, which is the mind-bending, snake-eating-its-tail concept at at play here. Now, when will that happen? Who knows? I mean, for the industry, it may never happen. We'll be talking about digital marketing for years and years and years. Uh, But I do think that that should be what we aspire to because you should really think about all of the tools in your marketing tool belt to use a horrible overused cliche, (laughs) Uh, regardless of how they're constructive, how the atoms are arranged. I mean, that's basically the difference. Um, Obviously, you know, a a billboard is different than a brochure is different than a website. Uh, But 
you know, segmenting some off because they're digital, quote unquote, just seems kind of silly uh, when you think through it. So that's what the article's about. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what you guys have to, to lend to that, what you guys yeah. think about that. You know, it'd be interesting to go back in time and see like when exactly from the advent of like news newsprint and advertise actual advertising in a newspaper or billboards uh being erected and actually used for advertising which i'm sure they were immediately probably the whole per- reason they were put up um you know when did that become like just a a consideration or something that um Mm-hmm. You know, not even just in healthcare, but in marketing in general. That you know, when did they start to become just default? You know, the de facto uh, option of of communicating your message. You know, at, at some point, it's because today, even today, and over the last you know how many you know decade or a couple decades, it's been like that's where you turn immediately. It's like, well, this is what we're doing. We need to get this message out, and here are the vehicles in which we do that. Um, when did those go from being like? Oh, we could potentially do this to being oh well we just do we just do this um, right. and 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 you know looking at digital how you know how quickly are we going to move from these things just being considerations or things you know you could be doing or should be doing to you just you just do it um, right and and how does that start to supplant um, you know the traditional uh, vehicles that we rely so heavily on today. Uh, and have relied so heavily on for so long. Um, it'll just be interesting to see how that that evolution evolution continues, and and what's going to come, you know, what's coming down the pike that is going to, you know, um, supplement digital, and you know, be the new thing that that we're considering. Yeah. I don't know. We don't know today. Yeah, yeah. I think I have some ideas of what it could be. I think personalized marketing is potentially the wave, um, which yeah. again crosses cross it's just another way to slice and dice marketing you know it's not digital versus traditional it's right personal you know messaging and content that's specific to an individual versus segmented or mass messaging and content right right i guess i'm thinking more in terms of channels versus methods of utilizing. oh yeah 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 but but totally for sure i mean i think that before before we get into you know entirely new channels i'm sure we're going to see more effective use of the channels we're we're already using. And digital opens up doors that were, you know, pipe dreams of uh, traditional. I mean, we I remember working working in healthcare and having printers come. You know, as digital printing became a thing and um, personalized. You know, being able to personalize your digitally printed materials became a became a thing and became right. uh, you know a selling point for for these different printers. Um, having them come in and talk about you know the benefits of being able to. You know, dynamically uh, place a, a gender-specific image or a race-specific image on this piece as it's hitting the press, and to be able to put somebody's name, you know, within the copy in certain places, and just personalizing the whole thing, you know, to the nth degree, quote unquote nth degree. Um, it, and it was there was it was cost prohibitive. It was difficult to pull off. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a lot that goes into managing the resources to actually make that happen on a traditional communication. Um, now that's not to say there isn't a lot that goes into making that happen in digital communications, but boy, it is sure a hell of a lot easier and a hell of a lot mm-hmm. more, um, economical to, to even consider it. Yeah. Did you want to add something? No. Okay. Really. Well, I, I think, you know, I, I think about that, what's changing when the personal, and we're getting a little off topic, but that's okay. It's what we do. <laughs> so I go over 20 minutes. Um, what, what, what's changing about, and I, I remember that too, Adam, when on-demand printing and 
variable printing hit the market and you know the sales may be like you could send instead of sending one postcard to a thousand people you could send you know a hundred postcards to 10 different you know right little groups of, of 10 people and you go that's great who's going to write a hundred different right. pieces of copy and who's going to how are we going to find a hundred different photos and um right. i think what's changing now is the ability to to move that onerous task from a manual task to a data-driven right programmatic task mm-hmm. uh you know so that you as an individual aren't writing hundred pieces of copy, a computer's doing it for you based on yeah. inputs that are that you give it. Uh and it makes me think of something I just signed up for. Are you guys familiar with the trunk club? Drunk? Trunk. Oh. Yeah. The, <laughs> tr- the trunk <laughs> club. Yeah, you get a, <laughs> I a am bottle, familiar. Of, bottle, bottle of vodka to your doorstep every morning. <laughs> yeah. The trunk club is like we've talked about these services before. It's like um Stitch the Stitch one for Stitch women. Fix. Stitch fix. Mm-hmm. It's basically like a men's shopping service. So you oh, sure. every okay. month they send you clothes based on your style and and uh you know, I saw this on Facebook a few times. I've heard about it. I'm like, I'm just gonna try it, mm-hmm. you know. Um there's no obligation, so I can just pick and choose what I want. But the but they assigned me a personal uh style guide. Stylist? Yeah. Right? Of course it's a hot woman. And t- <laughs> my fiance are looking at her like, do you really think that that's her, <laughs> right? Her name's Mika or Micah or something. Like, do you really think that's her? Do you think there's just somebody behind that? Right. Because if it is somebody behind it, that's to me false. That's co- completely misleading. They're and trying sad. to get me to buy more because they've got this hot personal assistant, right? Right. But then I'm like, the the communication is personal enough. Like, there's no way this is all computer generated. So how, what is the mix of, for these folks, mm-hmm. an actual person <laughs> guiding me mm-hmm. versus computer-generated, marketing-automated responses? I'm sure a lot of it is that. Yeah, you uh, have to be. But you know, it starts off where you're supposed to call and give them your preferences the first time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't have time to call. Can we do it via email? And the, Mika's like, sure, we can do it via email, and here's what you do. And then, of course, that's all, I assume, right. Stop. automated stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just, it's really, I'm really curious about what is the mix there. Because how could a company reach a scale where they can make enough money off of these, these clothes that they send? Right. They have to, I mean, she would have to be dealing with a thousand guys or a hundred guys. And how does she keep up that communication? And a hundred's maybe doable, but a thousand? So right. it's just interesting to me how that could all come to fruition and that you would have a profitable company on based on that. Right. Right. Yeah. That's really interesting because suppose I have not actually used stitch fix, but I know people who have, and it's the same deal where you are kind of assigned to a personal. Is it a hot guy? No, it's, but it's a hot girl though. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of like personal communication. I mean, to your point, there has to be some automated, otherwise it's just not sustainable. But it, it, it was kind of amazing to me, too. You know, even when I, I signed up for it, but some of the messages you got were personalized to a certain extent. It's kind of impressive. Right. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, uh, great article. I, well, we think it's great, of course. We wrote it. Um, <laughs> but check it out. We'll provide a link to nice. it uh, in the show notes. But I just think it makes you think a little bit and... Uh, it gives you a picture of where you could be, but it's going to be a while to get there. So 
I wouldn't have any illusions of, of you know, reaching that stage anytime soon. Uh, but I do think it's where you want to strive for. So, yeah. Okay. So last little bit here is a follow-up on our uh, humor podcast that we did. Was it one, two times ago? I think two times ago. And that was a request from a listener. And we've got a follow-up from another longtime listener, Larry Asher, who actually has his own agency in Seattle, Worker Beat. So he does good work. Uh, we share a client up there in Seattle, at least work we used to do with the client, but it, it, it's not competitive. We don't overlap, really. Larry's a great guy. We've gone to see a Seattle Twins game in their beautiful stadium. So oh, yeah. uh, he sent along some examples of humor that they've used, uh, and I think they work. Uh, I, I think one of them, one of them is, I'm not going to say it's obvious, but one of them is easier. It's an easier place to use humor. Mm -hmm. uh, and the other one's not. Uh, but So let's talk about them real quick. Uh, the first one is, it's, it's what I, I'm assuming is a, an online ad, <clears throat> a digital ad. And it's basically they were doing kind of speed dating for women who were uh, just turned pregnant or were thinking of becoming pregnant. And you do like a speed dating event, but it's instead of like dating, it's with a potential doctor. So in this case, it's with an OB because mm -hmm. you want to find an OB. And so uh, the the ad that runs is kind of a set of three screens that I would assume dynamically shows up when you see right. the ad. Uh, and the first one says thinking of, and it's got a cute baby um, <laughs> in it. So the first one says thinking of having a baby and the baby's kind of cute and smiling uh, and then the next screen says, here's the second thing you should do. And the baby's got to look like, what you talking about? Uh, obviously, That's the first cute. thing shall remain nameless. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's a little bit of humor in that. A little yeah. That's edgy it for is. a hospital health system. But obviously, if you're going to have a baby, you have to go through the first natural activity of having that happen. So that's what it's alluding to. Uh, and then the third one... Uh, says sign up for OB speed dating at Swedish, and then the baby's got kind of a happy surprise look on its face. So the baby's face catches you visually, mm -hmm. I'm sure, if this was popping up on your computer. Uh, and they're using the humor there of, um, you know, once you're done doing the hinky dinky, come on out and find your doctor. <laughs> Show title. So that <laughs> hinky dinky. So that's the one I think is easy territory, and I and that I shouldn't say it that way. It's not easy territory. It's just mm -hmm. easier because it's a. Ha There's not many things that are happy. But yeah, that's true. Involving a hospital mm -hmm. and having a baby is one of them. And so, when you're talking about a situation that's positive, you have more opportunity for humor. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't mean people always take it or do it well, but they do. Um, the second one, however, and you guys want to comment on that one at all before I move on? No, I liked it. It was good. Yeah, I okay. thought it was cute too. The second one, however, uh, uses humor in an area that most people would say is difficult to use humor, and that's with cancer. So in this ad, uh, you have to recall uh, or have seen the brouhaha over a Seattle Seahawks defensive player named Richard Sherman last year in the game, uh, that uh, the NFC Championship game, where they're playing their rivals, the 49ers. The winner goes to the Super Bowl. It's coming down to the last play of the game. 49ers are driving down the field. 
It's in Seattle. If they score a touchdown, they're going to win the game and go to the Super Bowl. And they pass back to the corner of the end zone to their stud receiver. And Richard Sherman, who's kind of a brash, trash-talking guy, leaps up and makes an incredible interception. Game over. And after the right after, I mean, right after the game, mm-hmm. the on-field reporters on the field. Of course, it's mayhem. People running everywhere, and she gets Richard Sherman on TV. And what happens next was a huge national story because he yeah. just goes off. He kind of sounds like a professional wrestler uh, yeah. when he does it. Uh, and he's and he's so. And you're like, we talked what about the hell it on the are podcast. You talking about. Well, we talked about it on the podcast when it happened with the Super Bowl stuff because there was actually a Super Bowl ad that riffed on what he did. Oh, okay. He's a super smart guy, really intelligent. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So he knows what he's doing. He's just playing the entertainment card. Oh, totally. But it got all racial, and it was just like people got nuts about it. Um, so what they've done is they're trying to promote the Swedish Cancer Institute. And there is a, there's a competitor in the market that has put a ton of money into building awareness and they felt like they were losing some awareness. So they wanted basically to generate brand recognition for the Swedish cancer Institute. So what they have is this guy, Swedish or Swedish Seattle Seahawk player, Richard Sherman, cause that's the market kind of recreating his rant, but he's doing it like cancer is the, the opponent. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's, it made me laugh a couple times because I knew enough about his rant to know where he says something from the rant, but then he plays it, you know, the script plays it toward cancer. Uh, and that, you know, is that funny? It's not necessarily funny, but he does it in one way where um, he talks about interception. So he uses kind of football terms like he did in right. his rant. But then he goes into like a, a long-winded, complicated, technical, you know, like, we can intercept cancer and using, you know, beta ray, blah, blah. I don't even know what he said because I was laughing. Um, (laughs) But it was very technical. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, you know, I thought that, uh, that there's, it wasn't necessarily all humor, but obviously again, it's, I don't know if it's satire or whatever you want to call it. Right. Uh, But it's a play off of what he did. And I thought it was done well and would grab attention and would bring a smile to people's faces mm-hmm. which is yep. good what you, what you want for your brand yeah yeah no i liked it i thought it was well done yeah so adam anything on that one nope nothing to add anyway it was good stuff i liked it yeah, it was, yeah thanks for good sharing examples yep thank you larry for sending those in anybody else feel free to send in samples that uh, they've done or that they know of good or bad because we can continue talking about humor and healthcare. Mm-hmm. um we enjoy that Okay, so there we go. We did right. it. Wow. Stuck to our guns. Right. On got her the... in under the. Well, I don't know if it's exactly thirty minutes, but by pretty our damn, deadline, pretty damn close. Yep. Yeah. So uh, let's sign off and call it a day for the arrogant healthcare marketing bastards. This is Chris Bevelo, Jackie Olson, and Adam Meyer. Talk to you next time. Enjoy your hinky dinky. <laughs> <laughs> we will. <laughs> <laughs>